Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an all-new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. This, of course, is the show where we take a deep dive into the glorious world of 80s cartoons, and every week we bring you a different episode from a different 80s cartoon series. My name is Randy. I am your host on this journey. And, of course, as always, I am not alone, although this week I almost was alone, but... My co-host came through for me this week. Phil, how you doing, buddy? I got warrants. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, folks, those legal issues are really mounting up. In I... all seriousness, I don't, but god damn, dude. Being a parent is tiring. I am so sorry, guys. I have been on a slight <laughs> hiatus, but I am back. My balls still hurt, but I'm good. Let's get let's do this. Let's go. Yes, that's how um yeah, that's how uh, all those warrants and legal issues work. <laughs> they try, they're trying to find him, but he, Phil has evaded the law for another week. I'll see you soon, bitch. <laughs> oh, man, and we are, of course, ready to talk about a, another glorious 80s cartoon. But, of course, before we get into this nonsense, of course, got to let you know that Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Look us up at geekworldorder.com for all the latest and greatest geeky content. Facebook.com slash geekworldorder. And you can also look up Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast on its own Facebook page as well. And of course, you can go to Twitter and Instagram at geekworldorder to keep up on social media there. Uh, and today, it's Mass Crusaders working overtime, fighting crime, <laughs> fighting crime. <laughs> Secret Raiders who will neutralize as soon as they arrive. Oh my god. Mass Crusaders! Dude. Wait, he dude, he really went off on that intro. Dude, the theme song to this show <laughs> is so epic. Mass Crusaders! Like, if you really know that, like, like that epic 80s, like, chime... Dude, this is like the hair metal version of an 80s cartoon theme, man. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And like, it was pretty epic. Like, you you would think this show would be, like, super epic, but... <sighs> yeah, we're going to find out something. And yeah, it's going to be not so epic. But today we are looking at MASK, which is which is an acronym for Mobile Armored Strike Command, spelled with a K. Monkey ass stank coochie. Also spelled yeah, with what a K. Yeah, what he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and MASK is a crime fighting organization who fights the evil forces of Venom and their leader, Miles Mayhem. Yeah. And Matt, or I'm sorry, Venom stands for the Vicious Evil Network of Mayhem. It sounds like a really bored rich kid. And like, dude, is this like the precursor to the Evil League of Evil <laughs> from uh, Dr. Horrible? Right. Oh, God, that was such a gem, by the way. Oh, dude, this show is just insane, dude. Like, ever, like they've got all these armored vehicles that, like, transform, and they wear crazy helmets that, like, control dude, the vehicle. Dude, 
It was like a Mad Max before Mad Max. Right. It's like, good God, these like these faces, these masks. Yeah. I mean, great choices, though. I mean, the the team leader drives a Camaro that turns into a flying car. Yeah, I got to admit that was actually pretty freaking cool. And that's really about where the coolness of this series ends. <laughs> Put on your mask. Because Do I have to? Yes. Dude has an annoying kid that has an even oh, more God. annoying robot. Why does the robot have the most personality out of this entire show? I don't know. <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, it has the personality of C-3PO. It was pretty much if R2-D2 could actually talk... It would oh. probably be that annoying times five. No, if R2-D2 could talk, he'd be Sam motherfucking Jackson. Probably. Actually, you're totally right. <laughs> this dude, man, R2-D2, man, they got to bleep every word that comes out of his bleep, mouth. Bleep, 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 Language. That, that's actually censoring people. R2-D2 yep. is the, the most vile thing on the planet. They literally, they literally cannot show the things he's saying. <laughs> and that's why every time he talks, like, Chewbacca looks at him like... Rrr. Chewbacca's basically like, language. Right? <laughs> Chewbacca's <laughs> the Iron Man of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Chew uh, I feel so bad for Chewie, dude. He has seen everything. He has. Like, he is seriously... If anyone were to have PTSD out of out of Star Wars, it'd be Chewie. Dude, right? I mean, like, at this point, like, all of his... He's that book. He's that dinosaur book. All of my friends are dead. <laughs> he really is. He has seen the Skywalkers grow and die. Right? He has seen everything basically go to shit. He has seen his best friend die before his eyes. Yeah. Like, seriously. Oh, dude. And I'm I'm watching The Mandalorian right now, and... Okay, a Baby Yoda's cute and all, but... Give me, give me some Baby Chewy, man. He deserves <laughs> a little screen time. Oh, man, yeah. And yeah, we're really trying to avoid talking about this episode at this point. It's, uh... You guys, you'll, you'll find out why. <laughs> Let's I go. I can't say it's bad, but it's I can't not say it's bad, but good. it's not good either. It's just one of those things where, like... Honestly, like, oh, kind of right I, off the I, bat... I watched it. I'm kind of, It's sort of like... Yeah, it's really one of those 80s cartoons where really nothing happens, but it just seems to move from <laughs> scene to scene, like, pretending things are happening. Yeah, and it's like, why does the the villain look like the mayor of the town? Right. It's like, what what is up with this Hagar-looking bastard? Right, so today we are talking about the Mask episode, The Book of Power. Yes. 
So we start out in this weird, creepy-ass basement thing. And we got a bunch of monks just, like, <laughs> chanting. And in bust the villains of the series, Miles Mayhem and his Venom troops. Which... Oh, boy. Yeah, don't ask <laughs> me what their names are. Yeah, no. I don't even know if they're referred to by name in this episode. By the way, these monks piss me off. Tuh. Sim Sim Salabim motherfuckers. Like, they piss me off. Right? Like, they're lazy. Oh, enough for nothing but good God, dude. Like, <laughs> why? Because 80s? Pretty much. Yeah, so um, Mayhem gets the book. They run away with it. And so we go outside, and there's this dude with just like this bad country accent. Oh, God. His innuendos are horrible. And apparently. And he's one of the ma members of Mask. But I also have no clue what his name is. I forgot. I didn't care enough. Yeah. <laughs> I really did not care enough. So he... He, just, he was the, basically, Great Caesar's ghost of this episode. But just with a bad country accent. Great Caesar's ghost. So yeah, he takes off after Mayhem. He's like, all right, I don't know what they're doing, but obviously they did something bad. He's like, uh, all right, let's go fix it. Yep. So there's a, a small chase scene, and like the music to it is like a MIDI version of like the Mask theme song. <laughs> the intro, like the... Doo -doo 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 -doo. And somehow, like, one of these monk guys causes a rock slide to happen. Dude, these monks are stro are so strong. That's what made me mad. They are so strong and so lazy. Right. It's like, oh no, we can stop this, but why bother? Yeah, and and that's what they sound like. Yeah, and nothing in this episode makes sense. Like, how? Where did the monk come from? How did he get to? Like where they were in their oh, car chase. My, these monks. <laughs> Dude, when we get to a later scene in this in this cast, these freaking monks. No oh, man. These, these are the laziest monks I've ever heard of. So yeah, it actually causes like mayhem to drop the book. And it just like lands in country guy's Jeep. <laughs> oh look a monk a book we're gonna put this in a box of pizza yeah so he goes back to the mansion home of matt tracker who is the leader of mask Good god and he's i don't know like making some kind of like charity deal or something and country boy's like matt matt i gotta show you this this uh pizza as he shoves the book into a pizza bruh <laughs> bruh 
So he yeah. show he literally puts the book the book on top of a greasy cheese pizza. Oh yeah, it's probably like the worst pizza ever. Because this guy probably has no taste at all. Yeah. Like, whatever's worse than like he probably put it like on a Little Caesars pizza. Probably. It's hot and ready, sir. Oh, man. So, yeah, they go down to the mask headquarters, which is, like, underneath of everything. And Matt's like, all right, so why do you want to show me a pizza? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, actually, it's this. It's a book. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. So they put it on their scanner thing whatever they've got and it's like oh look it's this magical book that supposedly tells the city of the le- the legend of the city of uh Manpaco <laughs> and it's like oh it also tells of a jeweled idol and booby traps it's like oh okay the jeweled idol okay now we know why mayhem wants the book they want the jewels. Basically. So Which is the, the 80s the 80s innuendo of every heist. Right. So they go through the process of assembling the team for this mission. Bruh, and this scene is like so long. I think they pretty much like assembled almost the entire team. It seemed that way. It is just insane, like, how when they call the people, like, their little mask communicators, they just drop everything they're doing. Oh, dude, I noticed that. Like, they were doing a lot of important stuff. Like, this one guy was, like, washing, like, a very fancy car, and he just, like, slams the bucket over it. He's just like, boom, fuck that, and he just runs away. (laughs) Bruh, like, the one guy is, like, running a pet store, and he just, like, dumps the entire bucket of of fish flakes in the dude in the he's thing. like fuck it and he runs away <laughs> bro the one that drives the motorcycle helicopter yes thing, he's like a like a rock star and he's like seriously like he's he's in the middle of a concert and he's he just the, like and he gets a blah, 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 fuck it and he runs away <laughs> like he just like plays like whatever yes! song he's, he's doing like, he just he just he just like he basically did the friends theme song and like runs off. Like he just like starts playing the song like at four times speed, finishes and like, all right, here you go. Here's my guitar, I'm done. Like he just gave a quick riff. He's like, Thank you. Good night. And just runs off. Dude, this is like insane. It's like no matter what. Yeah. And then run off. Yeah. So at this point, they assemble. That part was pretty hilarious. And so they also learned that the book has a tracking device on it that Venom has put in there. Oh, look, and Venom is now on their way to the mask headquarters. Okay, so they kind of put two and two together. Like, obviously, it's not here, so...
And of course, like all this time, like the kid and the annoying robot. <laughs> who are kudos? Kudos to the annoying robot, by the way. Right. It was like when the kid was in a trance. He's like, ah, you're fucked up. Oh no, we haven't even got to that point yet. Uh, yeah, it was just that that robot was like he had the most personality out of everybody. And that kid's just like, I want pizza. <laughs> right. That's all this kid wants. And this kid's named Scott Tracker. He's the son of Matt Tracker. He sucks. And, and the robot is named T Bob. The like, robot's awesome. The robot is so annoying. He's annoying, but at the same time, he's like the most logical character. But literally, he's the only character who had any sort of personality in this episode at all. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. This was so absolutely ridiculous. I obviously know something's going on, and all the humans are like, oh no. <laughs> it's like, it's so stupid. So yeah, Venom comes around, and there's a, a quick fight where the Venom agents are pretty quickly dispatched of and so yeah in all the meantime the kid and the robot they find the book so yeah at this point the kid falls into the trance oh yeah he, he opens the book and obviously he's eh, and the robot's like uh are you okay I'm fine we have to go this way He's like, yeah, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, no. Robot, T-Bob, he is completely confused. Yeah. And not for nothing, this robot in this episode, he's like, yeah, you're tripping. Yeah. Is pretty much what the robot was on. He's like, the robot's like, bruh, you're tripping. <laughs> and the kid's like, I'm not. Let's go this way yeah so they straight up like go through this forest like and scott's like turn right turn left turn right <laughs> and the entire time the robot's like uh bruh no S scott literally sounds like the worst <laughs> gps ever he does so yeah so apparently they go through this whole stuff and they literally f come right to the doorway to Monpaco. Oh, this guy. Oh, my God, this guy. Oh, this, man. This, this freaking guy. And, like, as soon as they find the entranceway, <laughs> he snaps right out of it. <laughs> right? He's like, oh, what have I done? What what am I doing? So he's like, wait, yeah, no. So for some reason, they decide to just walk right through the doorway. And he and out of the book falls the tracking device. Conveniently, by the way. Yes, very convenient. Very 80s conveniently. <laughs> oh, and. Bloop, bloop. Yeah, no, that tracker falls right in front of the door. And I'm going to yeah. have some issues with this. But before we get to that part and 
a couple of big issues I have with this episode. <laughs> we fade to commercial. And so we'll Besides go ahead and... the entire episode. <laughs> right. But we'll be back ju in just a moment, folks, as we take our uh, first commercial of the of the night here. Mask, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Convert switchblade to jet mode. Surprise, Matt Tracker. It's mayhem. Battle station. Protect the decoder, Bruce. I'm going up. Stacks ready to fire. Mask, switchblade, Thunderhawk, and Rhino. Fire! Each sold separately with action figure. Cover me, Matt. 10-4. Sato's getting away. But you're not, Mayhem. Mask, switchblade, Thunderhawk, and Rhino. Each sold separately. New from Kenner. Venom. Scan the personnel files for the mask agents best suited for this mission. Personnel selected. Bruce Sato, mechanical engineer and design specialist. Vehicle code name, Rhino. Alex Sector, computer and communications expert. Rhino systems commander. Hondo McLean, weapon specialist, tactical strategist, vehicle code name, Firecracker. Buddy Hawk, master of disguise, intelligence expert, Firecracker co-pilot. Dusty Hayes, auto and marine stunt driver, vehicle code name, Gator. Brad Turner, motorcycle and helicopter pilot, vehicle code name, Condor. Gloria Baker, champion race driver, black belt in kung fu. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. All right, and we are back. And as we come back to com from the commercial, Venom makes their way to the side, to the mountain area here. And so here's where um, I have a small issue. <laughs> a small issue? <laughs> well, it's kind of a big issue. So the tracker literally would lead them right to the entrance. But no, we're going to blow a hole in the side of the mountain to do it, to enter the cave. Uh, impulsive villainry, I guess. Impulsive villainry. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no. No, no. We'll revisit this when Mask does this in a couple of minutes. But these were the heroes that... <laughs> oh my god. So I was yeah. trying to save that. But... Like, no. <laughs> yeah, they kind of was like... Everyone just says, fuck it, let's just blow a hole in the side of the mountain. Should we knock? Nah. No, we're just going to barge in like the fucking Kool-Aid man. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like the Kool-Aid man joined the military. 
Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we're back at the mask headquarters, and the book is, of course, gone. They're like, how did the book disappear? And the computer's like, or somebody figures, like, oh, maybe it was Scott. <laughs> Wait, Scott? He's like, yeah, no, I completely remember now. This kid somehow finds a way to just be in the middle of every mission. I call his style of heroics, it's called fuck uppery. Yeah. It's like not even that good of a version of it. No, <laughs> it's not. It's literally fuck uppery. All right, and so Venom is now in the uh, the temple. They're falling into a trap. The monks are, like, fighting them. Why couldn't they do that in the first place, by the way? I don't know. Uh, so at this point, masks are, Mask arrives. There's, the, the monks are strong. And it's like, bro. Like, the Mask even has, like, scanners that tells them that the mountain is hollow. Yeah. So obviously there's something in there. And so theoretically there'd be a, a way to get into the, the hollow mountain. But no. No, we're just going to blow another hole in the side of the mountain. <laughs> but like seriously, nobody can find the dropped tracking yeah. device that is literally right in front of the stupid fucking entrance it's literally right in the entrance right but no, if you we're can't just... if you can't find the clitoris it's right there in the butthole <laughs> it's right there glowing it's a beacon so you remember that bit from family guy where like the the lady's got her legs open and like literally an air traffic <laughs> controlman it's is like, like Brian doesn't know what, where to go, and she's literally. She has air traffic control, like directing Brian directly towards it. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, uh. He still doesn't understand. Uh. And apparently nobody can understand. Hey, how about we just track the, you know, go to where the tracker is? Now nah, we're just going to blow a hole in the side of the mountains. It's like, no, we're going to be family, or we're going to be the Kool-Aid man on Family Guy, literally just busting through the courthouse walls. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Oh, boy, where are we? So, yeah. There's, like, booby traps everywhere. Uh, they oh, run God. into one that's, like, a sand pit. This show... <laughs> This show had all of the typical 80s innuendos. Like this one episode. And this they episode had quicksand. Is... They had like everything you would expect out of an 80s episode. Right. So they get out of the trap because uh, one of them uses their helmet because the helmets have like individual powers too. And he's like, 
one of them creates like a zip line or something for them just to pull themselves out. Yeah, pretty much. And so they get to the next room that's got like the split pathways and there's like five or six different paths. So they're all just like, you know what, we're just all going to go down one of them. <laughs> and oh, literally man. all six of these paths just lead to the next room. It's insane. This oh. this episode was like a well-constructed train wreck. Like they knew everything that was going to happen and they let it happen anyway. Yeah. So they get into the the next room and we get another one of these uh just cliché traps. It's the spike roof. And the roof is falling down. Oh yeah. What are we going to do? <laughs> Yeah, no, that country guy is, like, irritating the <laughs> shit out of me at this point. Woo! He was, he was fun. So, yeah, they quickly dispatch of that. Uh, I think they do it by, like, shooting out, like, the track or something that the, oh, uh, the spikes are on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so they my go God. out. But then, like, Tracker is, like... He kind of just like turns around and he looks at it and he does like one of these like heroic jump out of the rooms, even though he still had like plenty of time to get in. Yeah. It's like, it, no, you literally did not need to do this. You, you look at him and it's like, I'll save the day. And you're like, no, you suck. He literally did not need to do the tuck and roll that he did. Yeah, he did not. <laughs> you look pointless. at him, he's like, you suck. Oh, and then Venom and Mask just randomly run into each other. What he's do you like, know? Oh, hey. Oh, hey. But then this somehow does not last very long because Mask ends up going down another cliche trap. They go down the slide. Oh. Man, literally all of these traps are the most cliched '80s cartoon. Oh no, my feet! Oh man, crap! What? Oh, what is that episode of GI Joe? I swear, there's an episode <laughs> of GI Joe that like does this exact same thing. Oh my god! Oh crap! What is the episode called? I'm trying to think of it. I'm trying to think of it. Like, you know the one I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. I really do. Where Cobra Commander's, wow. like, in this control room. <laughs> oh, and no. I, and I know it's a first season episode because it's got <laughs> a lot of guys like Dusty and Airtight. And... Right? Oh. And there's, like, the one room where they oh, entered, like, and there's, like, all these balloons with Cobra Commander's face on them. Dude, yes. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. That episode is this, but fucking better. <laughs> oh my god. That episode of G.I. Oh Joe is like god. this episode done right. Exactly. At least this trap at least the traps part, man. Dude, oh that is so funny. Oh my god. I'm like I'm li I'm literally thinking of it right now, and that is so funny. I know, I can't remember the name of it. I can't. Like, I know the episode because of childhood, but I, I can't. Like, Holy crap. That's what I'm thinking of. 
like all the traps from that episode are, it's just Ooh. all the cliched 80s traps <laughs> i'm gonna die and it's like oh, we've had see so we have at least two 80s cartoons that have just done every single cliched trap in oh. just in the same episode like you know we're just gonna get them done and out of the way I wonder if that was their, I wonder if that was that same energy when they were making it. <laughs> oh like, my god. We really need to pad this episode out. Who? But literally, like I think even in that episode of GI Joe, there was still some spacing in between it. Yeah. And there was better pacing. Definitely. Like it definitely there was a little more room for kind of the gravity of the situation to take effect. Oh, there was. <laughs> there there was. Because, dude, seriously. This episode of Mass so far has just gone from scene to scene to scene. With, like, no time for anything to just to permeate, dude. Exactly. There, like, there's no substance at all. That's the thing, dude, man. This is, like absolutely insane like if you were trying to teach a lesson to the kids this is not it no remember kids fuck it (laughs) basically it's absolutely insane remember that time where we did this and that yeah no fuck it and somehow once they get off the slide it's like well Okay, well, here's our vehicles. So now we get the vehicle <laughs> yeah. fight, which this was actually not a bad part of the episode. This part of the episode was actually kind of fun, you know, where you yeah. just get like the the vehicle fight and that is the action the kids were looking for. Yeah, man. I mean, this is the part where you're going to sell the toys. Yeah. And Oh, man. Like, I never actually had any mask toys as a kid. I I can't remember having them either, to be honest. I can't remember that at all. Dude. And honestly, like, the the multi-purpose gimmick and the transforming features? Yeah. Totally would have been right up my alley. Oh, the G.I. Joe episode was called The Fun House. Ooh. I can guarantee you that I saw that. Oh, yeah. I can guarantee you I saw it in my childhood. Oh, that's... Uh, oh, that's right. Because all the traps were like these same traps, but they were like funhouse themed. Nice. That's right, because I think I remember like Alpine and Bazooka had like this thing where it was like the carnival mirrors. And they were like booby trapped. Oh, Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put that one down for a a later down the road. Like not for nothing, I would totally be into that. So I'm pretty sure I saw it. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, I'm sure. Once you look it up, you'll remember seeing it. Yes, exactly. Um, So yeah, this vehicle fight actually doesn't last that long, which. Pretty sure at this point they're realizing they've strung so many random scenes together. They're like, oh, we're like almost at the end of our time here. Maybe we should like wrap this episode up. 
Oh Ooh, boy. So yeah, Venom and Mayhem and his Venom troops are dispatched. I'm sure. I think there was some dumb one-liner about. Oh, I'll get you next time. Yep. Like, all right, time to wrap it up, boys. Let's go. Yep. So they retreat. They find the monks, and apparently Scott is now friends with the monks. Oh, the monk is like, oh, yeah, he's great. I love this little guy. Oh. Um. So here's where we have another small issue with this episode. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm going to bring up now? This is why I'm crying. <laughs> I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to Ooh. say this. I'm not even sure I'm allowed to say this oh, being disclaimers. Right. Here come the disclaimers. I'm going to need to I'm going to need you oh. to describe what hap what what the robot does here. Oh my god. Oh. This robot apparently has no chill. No, he is completely stupid. Zero chill. I'm going to let you finish Ooh. this. I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those instances to where I don't know if I can. <laughs> because good God. As cool as this robot has been throughout the entire episode. This this one moment. Oh man. Oh. So um. He refers to the monks. He doesn't call oh. them monks. <laughs> he thought the word was something. He thought no, the word was something I else. I can't. I can't. <laughs> oh shit! Sands everywhere. Unite. Uzaru's everywhere you know. <laughs> oh. Oh man. Ooh. One of us has got to say this. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. So. This privileged robot goes on to say the oh god it's so hard to say it it's <laughs> it's so hard to say <laughs> this robot <laughs> says these oh my god Rosa Parks I am so sorry <laughs> this this robot goes on to say these monkeys. And I stopped at my tracks. I was like, wait, what? I mean, I'm pretty sure the intent of the scene is just to solidify that this robot, T-Bob, is completely stupid. But he did so many smart things in the first, like, the first right. wave. And he's like, oh, these monkeys. I'm but like, what did you say? But it's like, oh, these are like so 
This is like so borderline racist. Uh, I mean, they're like. I mean, the monks had... are clearly like. They were cool with it, but I had a Bernie Eight. Mac moment. I was like, you some of a bitch. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, this was, it made, it, it made me go, wait, I'm sorry. What did he say? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, this was, is literally, it like, was like throughout the entire episode. That was like the one thing you noticed the most it was like, wait, what did you say? I mean, this is literally like the one percent robot. Yeah, not even trying to notice it. <laughs> it was like, like, wait, what? Matt Tracker is like basically like Tony Stark in this universe. He's like one of the richest, smartest men in the world, but he is very clearly rich white man. And his son fucked. Up. Yeah. Oh, the son is stupider than up. the robot. And his son's robots, like, oh my god, the son is a dumb is. As the military says, dumb as a box of rocks. Yeah. Oh. And then some. But Honestly, his goddamn the, robot. That's like, like, at least calling the sun <laughs> dumb as a box of rocks is like insult to rocks. Dude. That is some program shit. His son's fucking retarded. Like, seriously. Like, that was like, wait, what? Okay, so then T-Bob... He goes and makes this even worse. Like, he yeah. just grabs one of the monk's staffs, and he's just twirling it around like it's a toy. He's like... Like, okay, um, stop, please. But no, we're not done yet. This gets even stupider. <sighs> Somehow he, like, drops... It, like, flies out of his hand. The staff does, like, a twirl in the air. And it just lands, like, in this <laughs> crack in the wall perfectly. Randomly and perfectly. And, oh, just this door opens. You are the chosen one. And it's the jeweled idol. Bruh. And, and then the monk's like, <laughs> oh, he has you, found the jeweled idol. You did this. You he are the chosen one. It, 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 the legend says that the one who discovers the the idol is declared the ruler. But um, maybe we should make an exception in this case. And at this point, they finally go against their teachings. Right. They're like, ah, like, oh, but they... Yeah, and maybe. To, we'll and not just to be that person, but like, but, uh, but, uh, no? Mm, we gonna make an exception in this case. Nah, bruh. We're not doing this. So, yeah. They, they're like, yeah, no. We're gonna, how about no? Everyone has a nice chuckle, and the episode ends. <laughs> but not before we get our lovely Dude. 80s safety PSA. Oh, yeah. They're like, so, for some reason, Matt and Scott are getting into, like, you know, the super-duper mass Camaro. Because apparently that's just his personal streetcar. Yeah, that's just basically, I need groceries. I'm, I'm using this. Yeah. And it's like, um, uh, and Scott's like, oh, we're just going around the corner. I don't need to worry. 
And he's like, like, um, child, buckle up. Please buckle up. No, fuck all that. Uh... I mean, maybe you should buckle up if your father's streetcar is like, you know, turns into a jet plane. <laughs> right. Literally by just pulling up its wing doors. Yeah, this is a very, uh... <laughs> it's a not very complicated concept. But yeah, okay, wing doors up, now it's a plane. <laughs> very basic transformation. Fuck you, Dad! No! Ballistics, now! Uh, so yeah, the episode fades to credits. Now, I actually did random, like, kind of as I was finishing up a last note... I noticed a name in the writing credits. Oh. I, I don't know if he particularly worked on this episode, because usually a lot of those, they'll just put, like, all the series writers for the season in. But no, one of the names I found in the credits was Chuck Lorre. One of the No! Yeah, one of the guys who's, like, big responsible for the Big Bang Theory. Really? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Big Bang Theory is like Chuck Lorre's baby. I was like, whoa, <laughs> dude, man. Early Guys, credits. Follow your damn dreams, please. Oh, buddy, follow your man, damn this... dreams. Oh, this episode, dude. Like yes. I said, man, this was like. Like nothing happened. Exactly. Literally nothing happened. It was like fight scene, but fight scene. It was an entire episode of nothing happening. Booby traps, more fight. Oh, it was Look, like so. We're just gonna randomly find the jeweled idol like after the episode. It, it was basically like a. It was basically the first Furby commercial. It's like, Look, hello, we're here. You want us? It's no. Like, okay. It's like, wait, so. Like, did they just forget, like, the plot point about the, the <laughs> right. jeweled idol was a thing? Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, we want this. Um, this would be a better match for you. And no. Honestly, we like, this. honestly, a couple of small tweaks really would have made the episode a lot better. Yeah. Honestly, if they'd taken a couple of scenes out to let more important stuff, like, kind of breathe a little bit <laughs> or oh like, my god or what if they had found the the idol like in the middle of the episode dude that would have gave them the exact innuendo they needed like to make it a much more exciting slash like episode with more substance i guess like, you could say once i once they mentioned the jeweled idol i'm like Oh, I'm like, oh, I bet Mayhem's going to get the idol and they're going to become yeah, the ruler. Yeah, exactly. And Mask has to, like, stop them at the end. That's the plot point. It's like, oh, the idol. That would have made the epi this episode, like, have more substance to it. Thank you. It, yes, exactly. Just the But they just kind of brushed off of all of that. It was, it was gone. It was, like I said it was earlier, gone. I think they realized they were running out of episode. And, and it's like okay, pages. let's just kind of let's let's get this over with. Basically, it's like if you're at that point where you had so much random bullshit at the beginning, cool boy. <laughs> why not just rewrite the episode at that point? 
dude. Pretty much. But honestly, like, this episode was a breeze to watch because it just went from scene to scene. I was going to say that. It went by so quickly, but it's like. It's like, okay, this happened. This happened. This shouldn't have happened. And now this is happening. And this should happen, but it's not. But like a couple of tweaks. This episode could have been gold. Honestly, it really could have. Like I said, Especially with the wasn't. abilities of the masks. Right? Like, that could have been a gold mine. Honestly, you probably could have combined some of the traps into, like, more complicated traps. Thank you. And let the then you could have let the individual mask people let their powers come through a little bit more. And that's exactly what could have happened. It was one of those things to where, okay, this is actually pretty cool, but nothing is happening. I think that's why I think of the episode, that G.I. Joe episode, The Fun House. Because I think, if I remember correctly, they maybe end up going through about splitting the Joe group into like maybe three. And they went through like three different trap areas. Oh. But... Because they yeah. did that, the, the scenes had a little more time to breathe. The Joes had a little more time to, you know, come up with good plans and escape the traps in a much more meaningful way. I can see that. Yeah. That's really, okay, you know, aside from the issues of, you know, blowing multiple holes in the side of this mountain. <laughs> But honestly, just a couple of small tweaks really would have done this episode justice. Yeah, that's true. And that's the thing. It's like when you have something that could be potentially great and a deadline. Yeah. Yeah, it can kind of suck. I mean, we know these cartoons were basically designed to be toy commercials. Pretty much, yeah. Like in the last one we said, like... It's pretty much a big toy commercial in action. Dude, man. Like, the concept of mask is great. Like, the vehicles that, like, you know, have battle features pop out. Yeah. Or they, like the... or they have, like, or the vehicles split into multiple vehicles. Or, you know, like, a smaller vehicle comes out of the bigger vehicle. Dude. Oh, yeah. The mask concept alone was phenomenal. Like, if they did it the right way, the which they kind of did a, a few times. Just, yeah, like, the that's end a gold execution mine. was just like, eh, could have been better. Yeah. Okay, but could have been better. Yeah, but the, like you said, the toy potential was like, they could have done much, much more. Like, the, the potential was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and dude, man, like. Honestly, like, the mask concept, I think, if you take a slightly more serious direction, could be rebooted today. Dude, they really could, to be honest. If they did it the right way, they really, really could. And I know, at this point, the original toy line was done by Kenner, which is owned by Hasbro now. Bruh. Hasbro owns Death Row Records. And G.I. Joe and Mask could be in the same universe. 
Yeah, they really could. Wait, Mask could be a sub-team of G.I. Joe. Um, I know, like, a few years ago at JoeCon, they actually did, like, uh... Actually, no, I don't think it was a JoeCon. I think it was actually a mass release figure. But they did a Matt Tracker figure in, like, the 25th anniversary-style G.I. Joes, the modern ones. There is a oh. Matt Tracker figure. Really? And instead of having the, com the, the vehicle... It's got, like, this backpack helicopter thing that's painted green like the like that motorcycle one. Oh, man. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. So, it's definitely a concept that I think could be rebooted and could have some legs to it if, if done in the right thing. <coughs> like, the biggest thing is, like, if people could do that and not use it as a basically a cash cow uh -huh. and like do it for like the sake of I guess you could say nostalgia or at this point whatever do it as a nostalgia cash cow like yeah even, modern, even that it's modern like mask toys with like today's toy articulation and just complexity would be phenomenal like, not for nothing, like, you remember the McFarlane toys? Yeah. He has been doing that for ages. Dude. And the they are, are fantastic. Dude, like, the McFarlane toys are probably, like, the pre-runners to, like, Marvel Legends and yes, things exactly. like that. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, pick a genre and just do it for the love of doing it. Because not for nothing... Me in his shoes, I would do it for the love, but at the same time, of course, for the profit. You have to you have to earn your bread and butter somewhere. But honestly, like he love... did so many things, dude, man. These nostalgia, like the ultra detail, like the the high end collector stuff, like yes, the, the Marvel Legends, uh, WWE Elite. Thank you, like, the Power dude... Rangers Lightning Collection. Just this weekend, I saw so many toys. Like, I was just, like, I was blown away. My kid didn't even know what was going on. I'm like, wow. He's like, Dad, what's this? Dad, what's that? And I'm sitting here, like, snotting at the nose myself. Yeah. Looking at all this stuff. Like, I, I want all of this myself. I want these. I want this. I want that. And my son's like, what is that? I'm like, I shall teach you, young Padawan. <laughs> so. Like, I've got, dude, like several of the lightning collection figures they are amazing oh my god yo like i've actually got the pink ranger right Ooh. now yo bruh and it's got a it's got swappable heads man like you can have like the unhelmeted kimberly bruh dude no like some of these uh like uh, more adult collector lines are amazing i had <laughs> like they are literally the toys we didn't have when we were kids exactly it, it, not for nothing i had to have a moment a moment of silence with the pink ranger because good god <laughs> the pink ranger and I'm, I'm the weirdo that also like the yellow ranger even though originally the yellow ranger was supposed to be a dude Oh, yeah. It was in, an Asian girl? Yeah, no, in the Sentai, 
the Yellow Ranger was, like, the Yellow team member was, like, a dude up until... Yeah. I want to say, like, the one where they... Trans that was translated into like Lost Galaxy. I think that was pretty much what it was until it became like an Asian girl. Yeah, no. I think that might have been the earliest one. That was yeah, that was pretty much the Americanized one. Yeah, somewhere in the Lost Galaxy Wild Force era, the the Sentai's that were translated there. Yeah, yellow was a like dude up until that point. But the funny part was like the yellow ranger. Everyone loved the pink ranger. I did too. But that yellow ranger, that like female, like I was like, dude, she's hot. Which one? Like the original one, Trini. The yeah, Trini. I thought yep. Trini was so hot. The pink ranger was too, but. I don't know. Oh man, uh, it'd be so cool to do like like a reunion thing, but unfortunately, yeah, uh, Tui Trang passed away in uh, yeah, 2001, she's one, I think. Yeah, she's gone, dude. I was like, mm. yeah, no, she died in a car accident, I think. Yeah, she did. Oh, dude, dude, these like nostalgia adult collector toy lines are amazing. <laughs> yeah. And are taking way too much of my money right now, bruh. The, bruh, <laughs> yeah. dude. The the power the the lightning collection, Lord Zed. Holy. Oh my God, Lord fuck. Zed. Holy fuck, this figure. Right. It's amazing. Holy crap. But dude, like no, like mask could totally come back. In one of these, like, nostalgia lines? They really could, like, if they did it the right way. Like, there is so much potential. Really would, man. Especially like, now. Like, if they went the route of, like, say, for example, if they went to, like, the... Like, Mad Max or something like that. Because that's what they look like. Like, if they did that, right? it would be freaking epic. But... More so as a kid line, it would be epic as fuck. And that's sort of one of those that could really, like, straddle the fence. Because, like, the mask figures were kind of basic. So you could do them in the... Oh, what's that one series? You know those, like, kind of, like, lesser detailed ones? Oh, I don't know who makes them, but they make hmm. a lot of nostalgic ones. Oh, like, boy. Like, um, they've done, like, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They've done Firefly. Oh, dude. Uh, like, it's funny you mention those. Because... I see them a lot at <laughs> stores. Like, I think Target oh, sells a number of them. Like, they've, they've only got, like, the five points of articulation. They're like G.I. Joe size figures, but they've got like the, the Yeah, Star that's Wars what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm thinking about it and like I, I know what you're talking about, but I'm yes. like trying to remember like the actual line of like toys that they do. Right. But like you could do the mask figures like in that style of figure. Mm-hmm. And you could make like some deluxe vehicles to, to go with them.
Oh, oh boy. So many, to... good, <laughs> so many good ideas that could come out of this. But do that. I'm, I'm saying like, besides customer service, I need to pick a new profession. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, these ideas. Right. But. Oh, dude, I think a, like a Hollywood movie would like be good for Mask. Honestly, because they did GI Joe, so it's not too far fetched. Could almost be like a sci-fi GI Joe meets Fast and the Furious. They could do like a GI Joe slash Serenity slash like a few things. Right. If they played their cards right, it could be a gold mine. And Mask would be back on the map. Dude. Come on, Hollywood. Give give us a mask. Like, come bro, on. come we're, on, man. We're just giving you free ideas here. But also, you, guys, you know. You guys have done lesser things for more money. Come on. <laughs> like, seriously. Ah, oh, but dude, Mask. It, mask is probably the epitome of, like, wasted potential. It's the epitome of hit or miss, Pretty much. Unfortunately, kind of remembering the series now, it was a whole lot of miss. Dude, and that's the funny thing. Like, when I watched it, I'm like, I remember this. And I was like, ooh, I remember this. Exactly. It's <laughs> basically, I was like, it was oh, like, snap. You're like, like, I remember this cartoon. And, like, like, as going oh. into it, I'm like, ooh, like, yeah, I remember like, this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're like, oh. 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 Yeah, that's the story of Mask. Oh, my oh but God. don't worry, folks. We'll have plenty more of these very memorable yes. for different reasons series. And um, <laughs> that's what's uh, beautiful about the '80s. Mm. You have hit and misses everywhere. Even if they were your best hit and your worst miss. Absolutely. Your best hit at that point were in the 80s. Trust me. Oh, dude. And I because, think this... good God, like the 80s had some great stuff mm-hmm. that wouldn't even resonate today, but back then, whoo. Oh, man. And um, we'll have another one of those next week for you folks, but I think that'll do it for this week's episode of Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Once again, it's a production of GeekWorldOrder.com. Go ahead and check out all the latest, greatest geeky content there. Uh, look up Geek World Order and Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast on Facebook. Drop a like on those. And, of course, Twitter and Instagram at GeekWorldOrder. And uh, we'll see you next week, folks. I got warrants. <laughs> <laughs>